Envy, Ye, and Charlemagne. Everybody that's anybody comes to the Breakfast Club. You know, you give voice to people that would be voiceless. Right now, your show has the pulse of the culture. Yeah. Everyone smells rich <laughs> and successful. Where y'all at now? Can't nobody tell y'all. Non-stop entertainment. The Breakfast Club. Wake, wake, your, wake your punk ass up. Good morning, USA. Yo, 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 Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ MV. Charlamagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Tuesday. Yes, it's Tuesday. Good morning to you. The birds are chirping. How y'all feel today? Good morning. Yeah, man. Feels good to be here. Feels good to be alive, man. God is good. Well, yesterday I smoked cigars for the first time. Congratulations. Oh, yeah? yeah, it was a weird thing. I had to film something at this cigar bar in Jersey and Scotch playing high-end cigars. Mm-hmm. So I got a little cigar education. Okay. And then smoked a couple of cigars for the first time. Did you like it? It was okay. You know what? I'm used to like feeling like cigars stink and they're terrible, but these were not, you know, I guess if you pick like some good ones, it was sweet tasting. It wasn't too bad. I don't know that it's like my thing, mm-hmm. but at least I know about it. Okay. You know? All right. Well, I was out, uh, of course, the book, my book, me and my, me and my wife's book, I should say, comes out April 19th. So uh, we're starting press. So I've been doing press all day yesterday. Yesterday I did 14 interviews. Ooh. And then we start hitting the road. So we'll be, if you have a, a bookstore, one of your favorite bookstores, and you would like us to stop by so we can talk about the book, it's a relationship book all about uh, things, what to do in a marriage and things not to do in a marriage or a relationship. So uh, I know we're going to Mahogany Books in D.C. I know we're going to Bookends in, in Ridgewood. I know we're going to the L.A. Book Festival in L.A. Mm. So if there's any bookstore out there that you want us to come by, we are uh, coming to different cities. And we are doing it just like... Uh, Artists would do an album. We're getting in the car and we're going from city to city and hopefully talking to as many people as possible. We're super duper excited about this book. If you haven't pre-ordered it, definitely pre-order the book. Like again, like I said, it comes out April nineteenth, so we're excited about that. So that was my day yesterday, me and the wife's day yesterday. My day, day was spent in front of the television. I've been watching a lot of TV. Lately. What you watching? There's some great shows. Of course, Abbott Elementary is great. Mm-hmm. Um, super pumped on Showtime. Mm-hmm. It's about Uber. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Moon Knight is fantastic. And uh, Winning Time, the story of the Lakers is great. But the highlight of my day yesterday, okay. because for the past couple of months, it still is. It's not, it hasn't stopped. It's all in Kanto. It's all yeah. we don't talk about Bruno. It's just everything is in Kanto. Everything's in, I mean, random in Kanto videos and Kanto on Roadblock and Kanto on the TV. Yesterday, I got my three-year-old to watch Lion King, and she enjoyed it. No, no, it's it's definitely going to still be in Kanto. My six-year-old's still working on her with Lion King. And I only got to the part where uh, uh, Mufasa came to save Simba from the hyenas, came to save Simba and Nala from the hyenas. But she was so intrigued. And you know how I know she was intrigued? Because when it was time for dinner, she didn't even want to eat dinner. She wanted to continue to watch The Lion King. And after she ate dinner, she was like, I want to finish watching The Lion King. He said, we'll finish it tomorrow. Okay? That's good. That made me proud as a father yesterday. Well, I banned Encanto from my car for the next couple of days. Well, I, you're just a cruel father. I, yeah, I can't I can't take it. One time... Well, it's I not can, about you. Bro, I could play it one time. It's not about you. One time I could play it, but I can't play it over It's not and about over you. And over. There's That's other the whole songs. point. That's no. why they have the sing-along. No. They no. even got the sing-along Encanto no. on Disney I'm, Plus to where the kids can sing along with the songs. I'm tired of Bruno. I don't want to know who Bruno is. It's not about you. I, yes, it is. No, After the first song... You're selfish. I could take it. The second one, I could take it. But ten times in a row? Whoa. 
Damn. See? Now, I can see why that would hurt a little see? bit. See? <laughs> wow. See? I Ten times in a row? I can't mess with you. <laughs> One and two is cool, huh? Uh, you Ten know in a row? Gia Peppers wow. will be joining us this morning. Gia. Salute to Gia Peppers, man. Mm-hmm. And also, we have somebody else joining us, right? My good brother, Resma Minicum, uh, the author of My Grandmother's Hands. He's got a new book coming out called The Quaking of America. All right. Yes. So let's get the show cracking. Front page news, what are we talking about? Well, you may have noticed that there's not a lot of Kmarts around anymore. And once uh, these last few Kmarts close down, there will only be three left in the United States. What Damn. happened? Walmart and Target just took Kmart out. I forgot all about Kmart. Don't disrespect Kmart, though. I forgot all about Kmart. That's the original mark. You know, you know how many there used to be? How many? 2,000. And that 2, is only three? Mm-hmm. What did they do wrong? All right. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. <laughs> I'm talking bullful. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee. I'm talking bullful. God, we are The Breakfast Club. Let's get into some front page news. Now, NBA tonight starts the play-in tournament. I know uh, on the East Coast, I know the uh, Brooklyn Nets take on the Cavaliers. Okay. On the West Coast, I think the Clippers take on the... Spurs, right? Spurs? Timberwolves. Timberwolves, yeah. All right, what else we got, Yeezy? All right, well, Kmart is nearing extinction after one of them is closing in New Jersey. They'll be down to only three Kmarts in the continental United States. And so what they're saying is, um, you know, it was a lot of competition in a world dominated by Walmart, Target, and Amazon. And Kmart's decline has been slow but steady. It's different shopping habits. Also, Target has better and trendier offerings. Walmart has uh, lower prices. Kmart filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy back in early 2002. Then they tried to combine Sears and Kmart and return them to their former greatness. But with the recession and the rising dominance of Amazon, that's continued to get derailed. And they're saying that, you know, the CEO did not have a retail background. Mm. He was more interested in stripping off the assets of the two chains for their cash value. They said Sears should have never gone away. Kmart was in worse shape, but not fatally so. And now they are both gone. Sears is gone, too? Sears been gone. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. Listen, only the strong survive. That's why nobody should get comfortable, because I'm old enough to remember when Kmart mattered. I'm I'm old enough to remember when Kmart was the only thing. You remember Sports Authority? I do remember Sports Authority. What took over Sports Authority? Dick's Sporting Goods, probably. But, I mean, honestly, Amazon took over all of those places. Yeah, but you, know you want to I mean? try things on. You want to go to Dick's and try it on. You want to you want to play with the balls. You want to kick. You know what I mean? You want to mm-hmm. you want to go mm-hmm. through that. Like, who mm-hmm. wants to get order that stuff? Mm-hmm. When I walked in and saw you in that salmon this morning, when I saw you in that pink, I knew it was going to be on today. You know what? You want to try a dick, some stuff on at Dick's. <laughs> I, knew it, I knew it was going to be on with him today. He, he got his beard black today. He got that paint I on. I do not. He got that pink and paint. Whenever he got that pink and paint on, it oh, is God. going to be a party. You hear me? <laughs> All right. Well, Philadelphia has restored their indoor mask mandate as cases have been rising. It's the first major U.S. city to reinstate that indoor mask mandate. There's been a sharp increase in COVID infections. They're saying that confirmed cases have risen more than 50 percent in 10 days. And that is a threshold at which the city's guidelines call for people to wear masks indoors. So starting April 18th, health inspectors will begin to enforce that mask mandate at city businesses. So the what mask mandate is coming back. Well, and Philadelphia is the first place because cases rose 50%. Okay. Are people dying, though, or is they, it just they, if, if they, catching COVID? Do we know? I mean, anytime there's more cases mm-hmm. that people catch, the percentages I, will go up. I thought the new strain, was, it was saying it was a lot lighter. Oh, people man. weren't getting hospitalized. They were just You can't put it. the toothpaste back into YouTube, okay? You done told everybody to take their mask off and mask mandates over, and now you gonna think you think you can get people to put masks back on? Please. You're about to catch hell. Mm. It's like farting in reverse. 
Okay, well, that is your uh, front page news. It's impossible, right? Now you fart in reverse. That's right. You can't. Once you fart, it's gone. <laughs> Ain't no grabbing that fart and putting it back in your ass. All right. That's what I'm trying to tell the people in Philly. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, phone lines are wide open. Call us up right now. Again, 800-585-1051. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hello. 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 Hey, this is Tina. I don't know if y'all remember me from last Wednesday. Y'all help me out with my disability. I do, Tina, from Spartanburg, the 864. Yes, I just wanted to tell y'all thank you. You're it did you. come in handy because they did deny my um appeal. Oh, okay. So, it did get paid, and I appreciate it. It's one thing I wanted to clear up though, because a couple a couple of listeners took uh, something DJ Envy said the wrong way. What I said, and I didn't take it the wrong way. You made the comment that. It was like the blind leading the blind, and I just took it as a saying because it's a saying. But they thought. Oh, that's because you. That's cause you yeah, that's because you blind. You were blind in one eye. No, I was. I was saying right. that he's from South Carolina. You from South Carolina? Y'all leading each other. We just honestly didn't know. I, I didn't even know. Yeah, and so I what didn't that mean? Heard me. I, don't, I ain't blind. No, I had nothing to do with blind because I was saying the blind leading the blind because you couldn't figure he out. He was just saying. You I couldn't mean, figure out the cash app. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we couldn't. Yeah, and that's how I took it. But oh, a okay. People Harmless. Oh, he was. Yeah, but I didn't take it that way. No, I wasn't taking it. I wasn't going at you at, at all. I was just saying Charlemagne couldn't figure out the cash app, and it was just like we we all couldn't figure it out. That's all I was. Yeah, saying. I know what you mean, but a couple people, and I didn't want that negative energy out there because I appreciate what y'all did for me. Oh, thank you, Tina. Okay, thank y'all. And hey, Angela Yee. Hey, boo. And I ain't worried about them. As long as you didn't take it the wrong way, That that's all I care no, about. No, I did. And that's all right. Blind, they shouldn't even worry about it. All right, thank you so much, Tina. You have a good morning. Peace, okay, Queen. Thank you. Okay, bye. I didn't even think about that at all. Because mm-hmm. that wasn't my intention. Hello, who's this? Hey, good morning, DJ. Peace, peace, Queen. Hi. This is Reed. I'm calling from Atlanta, Georgia, and I want to tell DJ Envy. First of all, friends, you are being a real hater about Bruno. Okay? No, I can't I listen to that song over and over. Oh, that's the best thing about the whole entire movie, because the movie itself was garbage. No, it was garbage. I can, yeah. I can take it once or twice, but when it when, when it goes five six times, I just can't take it no more. I can't even hear what your Envy, phone. Your, Envy just scrambled your signal. Yeah, your phone is terrible, but yeah, Envy is Envy is very selfish because uh, Encanto is not about us as parents; it's about the kids. Thank you. Now, um, Charlemagne, you said you don't know why they talk about Bruno. Let me tell you why. Because that man did his job. Everybody had a power. And his power was to tell the future what he saw. And just like us, as regular people, sometimes we don't want to hear the truth. They didn't want to hear the truth, so they cast him aside. And then Period. he was living in the world the whole time. Oh, my my kids told me that he just left his family. That's not true. Oh. They, they was mad at him for doing his job. He told them stuff. He told me my sister died. Your phone is crazy, my No, I get it. That's the era we live in. Nobody, nobody, nobody wants to deal with reality. They, they, they don't want the truth tellers around. They'll, they will cast them out. I get it. 
Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hi, good morning. This is Miriam. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm very, very happy to be on the show this morning. I'm so congratulations, Envy, on your book. Charlamagne, I have both your books. Thank you. So so last week was my 71st birthday. Hey! Thank you. I want to just wrap on, um, do a wrap by 50 Cent that I love that keeps me going every morning. Okay, let's let's do do it. it. Okay. My flow, my show brought me, me the, the dough. dough that brought me all, all my fancy things. things. My, my, my cars, my clothes, my shoes. Look, homie, I, I done came up and I ain't changed. changed. You should love me way more than you hate. Oh, oh you're mad. mad. I thought that you'd be happy I made it. I'm that cat by the bar toasting to the good. Good life. Got the hood, but you trying to pull me back. Right. right? Don't get to jump in my the club. is on. my eye at the chick. If she smiles, she's gone. If, if the, the roof, roof on fire, fire man, just let it Burns for talking about money, homie. I ain't concerned. I'm going to tell you what Banks told me, because those hair switch the style. And, and if, if they hate them, let them hate. And watch the money. Pile hey. There you go. Hey. Hey. Wow. I like those edits, too. That you edited, amazing. You edited all the gay slurs. You edited the, <laughs> the, the other F word. <laughs> I love it. What did you do for your 71st birthday? I just think I enjoyed my 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 great grandchildren. Um, I got gifts from my children, and I just rest. I relaxed. I went and I got a manicure and a pedicure. And um, I also wrote a book. And Charlemagne, you're in my book. Fifty Cent is in my book. It's about <laughs> my 17 years working in the prison system. What's it called? And it's called Broken Spirit. Let it go so you can grow. It's on Amazon. Um, it's on Barnes and Noble. I'm going to order it. Okay. Oh, oh, thank you. No, you I'm a 50 Cent fan, huh? Oh, my God. I want to interview him on my TV show. Well, I don't know if I can set up an interview, but I'll send you a nice little package from from him. Probably be a book and some liquor and some of that other stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> can, I ask, can I ask this one, one quick question? Of sure. course, Queen. Okay, thank you. So, since I'm 71 years old and I love hip-hop, okay, because it just gives me the, it just puts me in the mood that I'm in right now all the time. Do you think um, those of us who are who are in our seventies are too old to love hip hop? Not at all. No. Music is not music. at all. Yeah, music is music. And it's and it's, and, it's and, music, and, yes. and it's black culture and hip hop is like 50, 50 plus years old. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, not at all. Not at all. Right. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. It's an extension of and black culture. TV show. The name of my TV show is Tell a Vision. Television. Oh, I like that. Okay. I like that. I like yes, that. Tell a vision. It's very clever. Yes. Very clever. All right, Mama. You hold on. We're gonna get your address. I'm gonna send you a little, uh, a little fifty cent uh, gift pack for you. Why do you have oh, a fifty cent gift you. pack? And I'm going to his office today, so oh, I'm just okay. gonna grab some stuff to send to him. Enjoy, <laughs> Queen. Oh, oh, oh well, you know what? Just tell fifty that I met him in 2014, and he signed my book, The 50th Law. I love the 50th tell Law. I'm the older woman. Tell him I'm the older woman when he came to Livingston. And instead of taking out his CD, I took out the book so he could sign it for me. All right. I'll, 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 I'll tell him. But yeah, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll take some stuff from his office and I'll send you some stuff. Okay, great. And and, 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 and do you think you may, may want to come on my TV show? I'm local. 
Okay. We can Indoor. Set, okay, we can set that up. Evan, you and Gia should go on. Yeah, for the way, we got a book coming out. So maybe so maybe I'll send you the book too, and that way you can read the book, and then you invite us up when you finish reading the book. Oh, great. Thank you. All right, you yes. All right, peace, queen. Let me get your address. Peace. All right. You know, older people never know how to get off the phone. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it is bye, when you're talking to that right, Ma. Bye, goodbye. All right. Okay, we appreciate you. Man, 71 is a blessing, it man. A blessing. I can't wait to see 71. God bless her. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up. We got rumors on the way, E? Yes, and congratulations to DJ Khaled. We'll tell you about his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame and who is there by his side. This is so dope. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The Rumor Report. Gossip. With Angela. Angela Yee. It's The Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. Well, big shout out to DJ Khaled. He got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Congratulations to him. So Diddy was there, Jay-Z was there, Fat Joe was there to help him uh, get things started. Tiana Taylor, Jeezy, Nori, all of them joined him as he got his start. Here's what he had to say. I want to thank my wife and my two beautiful boys. Asad, you good? Alam, you good? You know, we the biggest, right? I love them so much. Nicole, I appreciate you, you know, not only dealing with me, but just everyday life, taking care of our kids. I'm not a regular type of person. I, I'm, I'm a different type of... I'm, Look, there's only one Khaled, that's all I have to say. So, I just want to say thank you, but I want to make it one thing super clear. I want my star to represent the light, the love to shine on everybody. You know, God put me on this earth to be a light. You know, the room can be pitch dark, and when I walk in, it's bright. I'll drop one of Clues Bonds for DJ Khaled. Congratulations, Khaled. DJ Khaled. He also has a Jordan brand collaboration I saw that he has coming out, so... That looks nice and colorful. Shout out to Chris Smokes. I, I saw Kanye looking disgusted every time Khaled showed him one of the Jordans. <laughs> I was wondering if that's just because of the whole Adidas Jordan thing. I'm sure, but this is like his third or fourth collaboration. So shout out to Khaled, man. What Khaled is doing is amazing. All right, now Britney Spears has said that she's pregnant. She posted on Instagram, I lost so much weight to go on my Maui trip only to gain it back. I thought, geez, what happened to my stomach? My husband said, no, you're food pregnant, silly. So I got a pregnancy test, and, well, I'm having a baby. Four days later, I got a little more food pregnant. It's growing. If two are in there, I might just lose it. I obviously won't be going out as much due to the paps getting their money uh, shot of me like they unfortunately already have. It's hard because when I was pregnant, I had perinatal depression. I have to say it is absolutely horrible. Women didn't talk about it back then. Some people considered it dangerous if a woman complained like that with a baby inside her. But now women talk about it every day. Thank Jesus we don't have to keep that pain a reserved proper secret. This time I will be doing yoga every day, spreading lots of joy and love. Now she has two other boys, right? Or one other boy? Uh, yeah, this is just her first child with her. Her She calls him her husband sometimes, but with Sam Asghari. So congratulations to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. A love and hip hop movie is allegedly in the works. This is an exclusive according to Jasmine Brand. Sources say that the fictional project is in the early stages and a script is currently being created. They're also saying some of the creators of the reality franchise are involved with production of this upcoming film. I saw that headline yesterday. I wonder what that creative is like. Hmm. Well, it's fictional, but then I guess a lot of love and hip hop kind of is also. So maybe it's some. Yeah, I just want to know what the creative is. Behind I mean, the just, scenes, it could could be a great idea. Or I don't yeah, know. how would they start it? How would it? Yeah, I'm curious as well. 
All right, now Saturday Night Live comedian Molly Shannon has a book out today. Her memoir is called Hello, Molly. And she talks about a lot of different things in there. She talked about visiting L.A. in 1987. She had just gotten signed by Gary Coleman's agent, Mark Randall. And she said he was hugely popular back then. He had just left his sitcom. She said she was over the moon. And she went out to dinner with her agent and with Gary Coleman. She said that Coleman was 18 at the time, but very small because he had that kidney disease that limited his growth to four foot eight. But he was extremely flirtatious. She said, we had a great time laughing and joking. And then Gary Coleman asked her if she wanted to see the presidential suite where he was staying. She said once in the room, he asked Shannon to sit on a bed. She said the possibility of something sexual occurring hadn't even crossed my mind. And I was an innocent virgin still. He was playful at first, tickling me, trying to lie on top of me and smooch me. Then when I pushed him away and stood up, Gary climbed up on the bed and jumped off, using it as a springboard to launch himself to me, kissing me wildly and sticking his little baby hands under my shirt. No, my honor. Yeah, yeah, Arnold. Yeah, Gary Coleman. Gary Coleman. Mm. Uh, she said that she pushed him away, and she said that uh, she was able to flip him off the bed, but he repeatedly tried to kiss her. Finally, she got up, and he draped his whole body around her calf. So she ended up dragging him across the floor, and she ran across the room and locked herself in the bathroom while, undeterred, he wiggled his fingers underneath the door. She said his relentlessness was unlike anything I've ever experienced. She finally was able to escape the room and told her agent that his client is wild and never heard from the agent again. She he dragged him crazy. by her calf muscle? He was, I guess... He dragged Because he's four foot eight. He couldn't... He just oh, oh got you, got you, got you, got you. Right, so she has a lot of um, interesting stories. It sounds like a great memoir. She's now 57 years old, and she talked about when she was four years old, her mother, younger sister, and cousin all died in a car accident while her father was driving. Mm. After drinking too much at a family celebration, she and another sister survived. And mm. Gary Coleman been dead for a long time. I was going to ask, is Gary yeah. Coleman dead? No, he, he, dead. Been dead he died for a in long. 2010. Yeah, he's been okay. dead for a while. Yeah. All right. Well, that is your rumor report. All right. Sheesh. Front page news next, what are we talking about? Well, let's talk about the University of Southern California. They have sued some YouTubers over some of their pranks. All right. We'll get to that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Hey, it's Angela Yee. Have you taken a look at the general insurance lately? Switch to the general and you could save over $500 on your car insurance. Call 800-GENERAL or visit thegeneral.com. The General Auto Insurance Services, Inc., an insurance agency, Nashville, Tennessee. Some restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. All right, let's get to some front page news. Where we starting? Well, two YouTubers have been sued by the University of Southern California, and that is for busting into classrooms and stopping the instructors so they could film viral videos. And now they're saying that Ernest Konevsky and Yugo Obai, neither of whom are enrolled at the school, performed a series of pranks in different classrooms, and the goal was making takeover prank videos. Their most recent disruption went down a few weeks ago. Ernest and Yugo pretended to be a Russian mafia member and Hugo Boss. They interrupted a lecture on the Holocaust. Hugo Boss manufactured Nazi uniforms during World War II. They said the students were panicked. Some of them fled the room, leaving their belongings behind. And according to the lawsuit, the YouTubers presented a credible threat of imminent classroom violence. Here's what happened. How's it going? Can I help you? Oh, you can go on. Are you in this class? Oh, no, I'm just trying to learn. Can I ask you to leave? No. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to talk to the security if you don't leave. Why is everybody leaving? I'm just trying to 
Learn. See, security should have shot him. You know what I'm saying? People like that, uh, I wonder do they, when they do these pranks, do they read the room or they just be going for the funny? Because common sense would say if I'm going to come into a room dressed as a Russian mafia member, interruption, interrupting lectures on the Holocaust, I would think it was an imminent threat of classroom violence, too, if I was in that classroom. Well, officers arrested them at gunpoint in a parking lot near the classroom. Should have shot them. And no word on what these criminal charges will be if they're going to press them at all. Should have shot them. You ain't got to kill him. Just give him a little leg shot or something. You know what I'm saying? Because at some point in time, you have to read the room when it comes to these pranks. Why would you do something like that ever, but especially at a time like this? Makes no sense. All right, now, former Virginia police officer who stormed the U.S. Capitol was found guilty on all charges yesterday. That man, Thomas Robertson, is a former sergeant of the Rocky Mount Police in Virginia. He faced charges including impeding law enforcement officers, obstructing an official proceeding, entering and remaining in restricted grounds, and tampering with evidence. The jury did hear from multiple witnesses during the trial last week. And one juror told CNN that there was debate on every charge while the jury deliberated for around 13 hours. And so during the trial, they testified that a man carrying a stick, who prosecutors say was Robertson, hit him. And another officer, as they tried to pass through the mob of rioters during the attack, prosecutors did play several clips of the incident. They also played some footage from police body cameras that were worn that day. So he has been uh, found guilty on all of those charges. So closing arguments, uh, his attorneys argued that he had no plans to go down and say, I'm going to stop Congress from doing this vote and continue to suggest that the stick that Robertson had with him was simply a walking stick. But that did not stick. All right. Well, that is your front page news. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, when we come back, we have an author joining us. He has a new book, Quaking Man. of America. One of my favorite authors, one of my favorite people, Resma Minikim. He's the author of uh, My Grandmother's Hands, which is a I, uh, re- ridiculous New York Times bestseller. That mm-hmm. book has been on the New York Times bestsellers list for so many weeks, but he's got a new book coming out called The Quaking of America. All right. Yes, and he will be at my coffee shop today. Coffee uplifts people, so if you want to come and meet him and talk to him and have a conversation and get your book signed, you can do that. All right, we're going to talk to him next, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. The Power 105.1. The Breakfast Club, Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne the God. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. He's an author. He has a new book, Quaking of America. He's also going to be at Angela Yee's coffee shop doing an in-store, all right? Resma Minikin. Good to see you, black man. How you doing, King? I'm doing good, brother. I'm doing good, man. New book out? The Quaking of America, an embodied guide to navigating our nation's upheaval and racial reckoning. Yeah, man. It's a beast. Okay. What's the title about? Whenever you write a book, the publisher always wants you to write the same book again. That's right. You know, so I had originally started writing um, a book called Our Grandchildren's Souls. Mm. And it was basically about legacy and how do we create a living embodied anti-racist legacy culture as opposed to just like being nice to each other. And then January 6th happened. Mm. And soon as that happened, I was like, I can't keep writing this book. I got it. I got it. Because I think America sometimes we have seminal moments. And then what we do a lot of times is we forget those seminal moments. And I wanted to I wanted to enshrine it in the book. And so it really is about what it is that we saw on January 6th and how that actually is a testimony and a testament to our history, to the intergenerational trauma, to the persistent institutional trauma, and then our own personal pieces. And so the the quaking of America is really about how that shows up and what we begin to do about it. I mean, really right now, 
when you look at what happened January 6th, people are not even really talking about it. No, not at all. An attempted coup at this country happened. Attempted coup. And then what's going to happen in the future <laughs> right. after that? Because you have some predictions as well. Right. That's not supposed, That's not normal in a democracy. No, no. <laughs> it, well, it should be normal. It, it should be normal in any country. But in this country, we get, we get so enamored with forgetting things, mm-hmm. right? And what ends up happening, I think, sometimes is that we don't learn the lessons that we need to learn. Mm. When January 6th happened, I refused. I wasn't even watching what was, you know, what was going on. And then all of a sudden, Maria, my wife, goes, Razma! And she screams, right? And she's upstairs in the bedroom. I come upstairs, and you see, like, 2,000 people showing up to this thing. And so I just sat down, and we started watching it. And then all of a sudden, you start seeing the symbols of our past. You start seeing the new show up. Right, remember? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then you start seeing the swastika show mm-hmm, up. Mm-hmm. Right? Then you start seeing the AR-15 show mm-hmm. up. Then you start seeing people kick the windows out. And I'm thinking as I'm watching this, I'm like, ain't nobody dead yet? They haven't shot anybody yet? If that had been if that had been six thousand black right. folks mm-hmm. or six thousand indigenous people or six thousand Mexican people, there wouldn't have been enough body bags. That's right. right. And then and then when they finally started kicking in the doors and nobody stopped them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is a seminal moment. My whole thing in the book was like, look. If we don't, if, 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 if white people, and particularly white people, if you saw that and that didn't spur you to take a self-defense course, that didn't spur you to, to learn weapons training, mm-hmm. that didn't spur you to take a psychological first aid course, if that didn't spur you to, to do that, then you're not seeing, you're not taking what you just saw seriously. In my grandmother's hands, and January 6th reminded me of that, you spoke to how, you know, before they did that to enslaved uh, Africans before they did that to indigenous people, they did it to themselves. They did it to themselves. Yes. And that's the whole piece. The whole piece for me is that white white bodies got conditioned around whiteness in a way that allowed them to not see not only our humanity but their own humanity. Most white most white bodies that are listening to this call right now are descended from white bodies that were fleeing something. Mm. Break that's, that down. So what we call American immigrants, mm-hmm. like most of the time when we think about it, we think about those black and white pictures of, of white people coming on off the boats, right? And all that different type of stuff. But if you go a couple a hundred years before that, most of them were fleeing famine. Most of them were fleeing religious persecution. Most of them were fleeing the Middle Ages. They were fleeing other white bodies who were brutalizing them. And then they landed here. And then what ended up happening is that most of those bodies got sold um, right after the Bacon Rebellion, got sold the idea of whiteness by elite white bodies. So elite white bodies sold poor white bodies the idea of whiteness as a way to get around the brutality. and, and that, But that fleeing never got dealt with. And the conduit for dealing with it was really uh, the black and indigenous body. So, mm. so all of that trauma, all of that hurt, all of that pain mm. blew it through their body. Mm. Right. And so that's the whole setup. This whole setup is around a, and this is where I talk about the difference between identity and body. Right. So black, brown and indigenous people all have identities. Right. We have we we might be transgender. We might be gay. We might be straight. We might be whatever. We have all of these different identities. And we are also bodies of culture or black bodies. And what ends up happening is, is that people conflate identity 
with pigmentocracy. We live in a pigmentocracy. There was a structure that was set up based on looking out in the fields and seeing seeing that you are less human, you are a species, than the white bodies standing next to you. And so those pieces have never gotten dealt with in America. And, and in the quaking of America, I'm trying to begin to, to do that, trying to begin mm. to, to work with that. You know, I noticed that too, when we see people fleeing from Ukraine and because they're white, we have a different amount of sympathy, but then people are fleeing from oppression and all kinds of um, violence in their countries. But if they come from black and brown places, it's like there's no sympathy for that. Right. Sis, do you remember, this was, this was not even a year ago, we saw white men on horsebacks beating Haitians crossing the river. Mm-hmm. If that is not a direct, that picture, those pictures were direct ties to our historical That's past. Right. Right. The pigmentocracy is global. Right. When you watch people fleeing a war zone, a war zone in in the Ukraine, you have soldiers saying you can come on the boat. You get off the bus. You do that. That's based on a pigmentocracy. That's not based on whether or not those people are citizens. That's not based on whether those people are workers within that country. That's based on a pigmentocracy. You are less human and you are more human. And so, therefore, you can get on the planes and the bus, and even though we're in the war zone and we're all trying to escape, mm-hmm. right? That's what I mean. That's so, so, in quaking, I'm really trying to land that piece and have people understand that this idea of, of, of black skin being less, of a, um, less human is the, the race question in this country is a species question first. Is Charlemagne a human or not? And the answer for for America is no, he is not. Is Sister Yi a human or not? And the answer structurally and philosophically has always been no. It was in the Constitution. It was in the, I mean, it's (laughs) three-fifths of, people always talk about three-fifths of Mm three-fifths being just a voting clause. No, the three-fifths clause came out of debate, which means that you had people in the room debating how much those other bodies were actually worth. Mm. That idea transcends through time. And that's what we're dealing with. When you see all of these, you know, when you, when you see the brutality that our people have experienced, you see it in, 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 in both big demonstrative things, you see it in mundane things. Like when you watch what happened between um, Brother Will and, and, and Chris Rock, mm-hmm. you watched history walk up the steps. His own personal history, the historical, the intergenerational, right. and the institutional. You you could see the pain walking up the steps. That's right. You could see the heartbreak in Brother uh, Chris's face from that. Mm-hmm. You could see the heartbreak in... People talk about Chris, they talk about uh, Brother Will, and they talk about Jada. But what they don't talk about is a person that was off to the side that actually represented the community. And that was Sister uh, uh, Lupita mm. Young. When you watch her face when that happened, you see heartbreak, you see fear, you see all of those different Just slow the tape down. Mm. You see a rupture. And that rupture, that rupture has historical underpinnings. Mm. All right, we have more with Resma Minikin. When we come back, don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Yeah. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking in with author Resma Minikin. And don't forget, he's going to be at Angela Yee's coffee shop today signing books. Yee? 
Another thing that's current that's been happening with uh, Supreme Court Justice uh, mm. Katanji Brown Jackson, and we saw her being questioned and the things that they were saying about her and to her and the messaging that the Republicans were putting out mm -hmm. who were voting against her. Mm -hmm. And so that's something, too, because I know a lot of what you discuss is also political. Yeah. In yeah. context, too, when we talk about Republican and their messaging yeah. and how Democrats operate as far as trying to be more concerned about policy yeah. Yeah. than anything else. First off, she wasn't being questioned. She was being what I call, um, and there's been a lot of writing on this, is what's called spirit murder, mm -hmm. right? Mm. She would, The questioning and the things that they were doing were about attacking and undermining her humanity first. Notice the questioning. Mm -hmm. The questioning was not, what have you done? What's the laws? What are the things that, right? The questioning was, was around, are you a human enough? Yeah. Right? And that's always the subtext. Yeah. Right? They want to make her small morally. Lord, that's question the, her morals. That's right. Question yeah. her morals. Question her, 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 her actual humanity. Do you just, you don't really deserve to be here. That spirit murder is a facet of America, right? In order to enslave a people, Right, black people were never slaves. We were enslaved, which means something happened. In order to do that, you have to spirit murder people. You have to undermine, mm. you have to cut them. You have to make them believe that, that the brother or the sister next to them is their mortal enemy. And what we have to begin to do is we have to begin to change our language. We have to begin to change our language and make sure that it's an embodied language. Like when you were watching what they were doing to sis, mm. I would imagine just knowing you, sis, that you were watching and going, probably using not so good words, right? But but something about what they were doing, even though it looked like questioning, something about it seemed brutal. Yeah, evil. right. That's the spirit murder. Stuff. I appreciate what Cory Booker said, but in that moment, you got to check them white boys. Come on, before you pour into her. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. If it didn't feel yeah. right. It felt like you yeah. was like like you felt like you watched sister get slapped in the face. Right. And you're 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 pouring into her saying it was so good you didn't do anything you didn't fight back right but the person that slapped him is right there and you that's didn't right. say nothing to him that's right that's right you know that's the piece that I think in terms of quaking like a friend of mine uh, uh, that's been uh, that read quaking she said Resma my grandmother's hands was like a warm blanket uh, quaking is like a dark alley Ooh, Lord. <laughs> Ooh, right because I'm moving into some places that people don't really want to want to go and you just hit on it right. I love the fact that he poured into her. I love the fact that somebody said, I see you, sis. I see you. I love you. Um, and I know what they're doing. Right? That's beautiful. Right? And at the same time, the piece that you're saying also needs to, needs to come to the fore, right. too. Somebody, somebody should have said, and there was nobody that should have said, that, that could have said it, right, but him at that moment, should have said, Hey, all the stuff that they doing is foul. They foul. You ain't crazy. They are. They are out of pocket. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna say something to them, right? But see, when we go to do that, now we're responding from pe people want to want to position us as we're responding from what's small in us, and we're not. When we're protecting each other, and and protecting doesn't all doesn't necessarily always mean physical protection. But sometimes you gotta talk. Sometimes you gotta say, look, back up. Yeah, yeah, Quit yeah. talking to her like that. Yeah. That's not that's not how we're supposed to get down. And you're not going to do. You may do it in front of other people, but you can't do it in front of me, right? Mm -hmm. So you're absolutely right. And, and but but that's what quaking is about. Is about us beginning to really understand that they got the, this structure and the philosophy 
is going to is going to eviscerate you. So you might as well say something while you're trying to do it. (laughs) You know, in the first chapter of the book, you quote uh, Stuart Stevens, who says, for the first time since 1860, a major American political party, the Republicans, Mm -hmm. doesn't believe America is a democracy. Mm -hmm. How, How significant is that statement? We've always known that, right? That's right. We've always so so so. I had I had an indigenous brother tell me one time um, when back this is years ago when I was arguing about you know uh, uh, you know political parties and stuff like that. You know the uh, Republicans and the Democrats. And one of the things he said, and we just both started laughing when he said, it, he said, "Right wing, left wing, are all part of the same racist bird." That's right. <laughs> and 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 that's what that means. That that I don't. I you know in 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 the book I really go at everybody I'm going at because because I think we have to have a more mature understanding about what we're dealing with this idea that we're going to uh, we're going to resolve this by putting more Democrats in office we're going to resolve this by putting more uh, Republicans in office or what or whatever um, really misses the point the point is is that there is a racist uh, ground founding of this country. I agree. And if you don't understand that, and if you don't have your own self-interest clear, then you'll be fooled. You'll think that Joe Biden, um, a dude who ushered in some of the uh, most horrible laws as it relates to black people, That's right. um, you'll think that he's your savior. Right. As opposed to, no, maybe what I need to do is is understand what my self-interest is and make sure that he that he uh, uh, does what I need him to do for our people. Um, And so that's what that statement is about, is about us being more and more clear about what we're seeing is actually happening. Yes. (laughs) It's actually, you know what I mean? Because it's not normal, (laughs) but for some reason it's all coming off as like this is supposed to happen. Like, no. No. This isn't even politics anymore. It's not. And, and, And when you have, listen, more white women voted for Trump the second time than the first time. Mm hmm. I mean, just, just, just mm-hmm. I mean, after all of that, after all of that, they voted for him in more numbers. That lets you know that there's something about that thing that he's selling that is so intrinsic to America that even when he shows you, I don't give a hoot about you, you still vote for him in droves. That's the fleeing stuff that I believe never got them. Right among white folks, um, the, the what I call plantation ethics. Right, the idea that you have a strong man, right, a, and particularly a strong mm-hmm. white man that 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 absolves you of, of all of your sins, right, and 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 will protect you at all costs. That's that runs through America. All right, we have more with Resma Minikin. When we come back, don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ. <clears throat> Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking in with author Resma Minikin. And don't forget, he's going to be at Angela Yee's coffee shop today, signing books. Charlemagne, I love talking to you for a number of different reasons, but you know, even just the way you see things, because you know, heal people see things mm-hmm. differently, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you talk about the Chris and Will situation, mm-hmm. all I saw was pain. Yeah. Period. Right. Yep. But you also had some interesting things when you saw Kodak Black. You said you yeah. saw some things. That that young brother worries me. The pain and the brutality and the things that he's seen and the things that he's experienced. We have a tendency when people are stars and they're and they're movie stars and all of that different type of stuff. We have a tendency to almost almost shun their pain. 
And when I'm listening to the brother and I'm listening, watching his cadence and watching his, you know, his, his, the way that he moves, um, there's a tremendous amount of brutality that that brother has experienced that he's seen. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I believe we have to start to begin to see each other's humanity. And so when I see him and I've saw seen y'all interview him, every time I see him, my heart breaks. When I saw when I saw Will, you know, slap Chris, my heart broke mm -hmm. because there's a rupture that has happened that that until it's so big and demonstrative, that's when we pay attention that's to right. it, right? But when it's when it's when it when they're entertaining us, we don't see the rupture, right? And and um, when I called you about him, when I said, you know, if if reach out mm -hmm. to that brother, let him know, right? Um, that's what I was trying to get at was that I saw the, cause I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm hurting. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm in pain too. So I know what it's like when I see it. Um, and so the idea of rupture, the seeing rupture and, and developing up ways to repair that rupture is what we have to be about with each other. Yeah. I mean, it's not normal, right? Like even when you saw, when we saw what we saw at the Oscars. Yeah, you get your jokes off and it's entertaining, but that's not normal. That's not That's normal. a man who for 30 years, we have never seen any of that. You're absolutely right. So there was two pieces that happened for me that, that happened that, during that thing. The first one was when he started walking up, I was like, you could, you could experience it, right? And then when he did what he did and you, could, you saw Chris's face and you could see the heartbreak in his face, like what? You know, like that. Because he's been bullied that's the, his whole life. He's, that's, he's that's documented right. that. That's exactly right. And but but the other piece that I saw, brother, was after that. This is what I call it about the rupture. There was a rupture, and then the repair was. Then you had two older black men that wrapped their arms around Will, right? You had Tyler Perry and um, Denzel. Denzel wrapped their arms around him. That's the repair pieces. You called Chris, checked on him. That's the repair pieces, right? Those are the repair pieces that you keep coming back to, that we have to keep coming back to, because otherwise we'll be trapped in the thinking that the only thing that's out there is rupture. Mm. No, mm. that's not the only thing. Mm. The standard is repair. The standard is love. The standard is joy, right? And when, when, when Will did that and those two older brothers wrapped their arms around him and said, come here, man, I love you. This was out of pocket. And I love you. When you reached out to Chris, hey man, I love you. That was out of pocket. Whatever you need, I got you, mm -hmm. right? That's that's the standard. And you're right, everybody's talking jokes and everybody got their opinion, right? If Will would've did this to me, I'd've did that. That's besides the point, mm -hmm. right? The point is, is that our people are hurting. Mm -hmm. The point is, is and it's, going, and it's gone unaddressed, continues to go unaddressed, and we have to start addressing it. Some you people talk think that is a way to protect black women yeah what happened and i saw that conversation happening amongst a lot of people right blacks I, you know how i protect black women in my life i don't hurt them physically you know how i protect black women in my life my, my wife i don't cheat on my wife that's right. you know how i protect black women in my life i love my daughter that's right right and you work I, and, on yourself and i do my own and, and 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 i'm a therapist and i've been a therapist for for a lot of years i have a therapist <laughs> <laughs> right, because because when you when you in the middle of a thing, a thing you can't see on the outside of a thing. Right, you need somebody on the outside saying, "Hey, this is what I'm tracking. This is what I'm seeing." So how I love black women is to work on myself and get myself better and That's get right. myself healed. Right, so the black women that come to, come into my life are not brutalized by those unhealed things. 
Yeah, I think emotionally and mentally we could cause more abuse just by being a hurt individual. Exactly right. You know? Exactly right. Our people have so much love in us. We have so much love in us. But it's been thwarted and brutalized. And and even with that, we're still reaching out to each other. We're still saying, brother, I love you. Sister, I love you. This matters to me. Right? But there's a lot of unheard. And here's the other piece. The brutality that our people experienced is not post. Mm. We talk about post-traumatic stress disorder. Our people don't experience post-traumatic stress disorder. Our people experience pervasive and persistent traumatic stress disorder. It's still happening. Post would imply that it's done and passed. We're still dealing with a pervasive brutality, a pervasive terrorism that is aimed at our bodies. And we haven't been able to articulate it. We haven't been able to develop a cultural understanding of it. Mm -hmm. And so part of what quaking is, is to, is to say, you're not crazy. Mm -hmm. You're not defective. What you think is actually happening is it's actually happening. happening. Yeah. Even when you talk about the standard being joy. Yeah. That shouldn't be a hard concept for me to grasp, but it is. Yeah. Like, yeah. is that black people's standard? I don't. Yeah. Well, well, let me say this. Black bodies, black people don't come to the planet disconnected from creation itself, mm. okay? We are representations of creation itself. The first human being on the planet was a black woman. We are descended from that, okay? Joy is part of us because we are part of creation. What happens is, is that the brutalness and the feralness of this white body supremacist system and, and, and structure thwarts it it doesn't eliminate it it thwarts it it's like it's like putting a cap on 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 uh some mountain dew and shaking it up right mm -hmm. it'll come out the sides and everything right but but it gets thwarted by the cap that's what trauma is mm. that's what racial trauma is it thwarts it but the but the essence is joy let me let me give you an example mm -hmm. when that thing happened with chris and 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 will you reached out to Chris because you loved him. That's the standard. I reached out to both of them, actually, because right. I loved him. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the standard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right? If it had not have been the standard, you'd have been like, oh, F them, da 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 right? No, it was the standard, right? You went back to the standard. I love, besides mm. all of this stuff, I love you. Mm, 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 I love you, mm -hmm. right? I don't, care, I don't care who else reaches out. Mm -hmm. I love you. And so you made that move, right? That's the standard. We get so caught up day to day trying to deal with this brutality that we think the standard is the fighting, that we think the standard yeah, is defense. the rupture. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. not the standard. Oof. His name is Resma Minicum. Uh, he's one of our. To do, yes. <laughs> yes, we got work to do. He's one of our greatest teachers, one of our greatest healers, man. If you got my grandmother's hands, then you definitely want to go get the quaking of America, an embodied guide to navigating our nation's upheaval and racial. Reckoning, Resma, always a pleasure, my brother. And listen, you, come meet him in person yeah. at my coffee shop. Coffee uplifts people, um, and you will be there today. And we'll right. make sure that everybody can come through, get their book signed. That's right. We'll be having a conversation. I'll be there, of course, as That's well, because right. I wouldn't miss that for anything. That's it. And we That's really it. appreciate you, sis. I appreciate you. I love you. Thank you for what you're doing, and um, I just appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Always. Uh, it's yeah. Resma Minicum, Mr. Breakfast Club. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. On the Breakfast Club.
Breakfast Club. So listen up. Well, Lonnie Love is speaking out following the news that The Real has been canceled. She said she is thankful for the people who have reached out to her. And she posted, with the news of The Real ending, I had to console a lot of crew and fans this weekend. I've been in this business a long time and understand it, but it still warms my heart that so many have reached out to me. We still have new episodes till June 3rd, The Real. So, we'll miss seeing that show. That was on for quite some time. Yeah, a long time. Yeah, eight seasons. So that's a success still, no matter what. All right. Now, Kim Kardashian has fears that there could be another sex tape out there. And so she has hired attorneys to prevent any type of clips or anything from ever seeing the light of day. Even though she said she's 99% sure that there is nothing, she just wants to make sure that no matter what, any videos will never, uh, ever come out. I saw that one of her kids actually saw about the sex tape on Roblox while playing Roblox. And so I'm sure that's not easy. But she has said previously she would address that with her children uh, and be very open and honest about what happened. All right. Nia Long has talked about the pressure of being called ageless. She said, I am a proud 51 years old. She told people that well-intentioned praise like being called ageless can sometimes implicitly feed into unrealistic beauty standards. She said, I so appreciate the compliments, but I have to tell you there's so much pressure in this industry to stay beautiful and stay young, and I'm really not interested in leaning into the idea of perfection. I'm a proud 51, and eventually I'm going to age in a way where it's obvious, and I want it to happen beautifully and gracefully. I don't really want the pressure of feeling like I have to be beautiful and perfect because I think beauty comes at any age. Yeah, that's interesting, and she's right. I don't I don't think it's about being young, though. I think that, you know, when you see, when we were younger, older people used to look actually older. So when you see somebody that's 50-something years old and they still look flawless, you're like, damn. Mm -hmm. But that's how humans are supposed to age, right? I would think. Right. Supposed to get better with time. I think so. All right, now Cam Newton was on Million Dollars Worth of Game, and he was talking about his childhood and his views of what a woman's role should be. Here is what was said. I grew up in a three-parent household, my mom, my father, and my grandmother. A woman for me is handling your own, but knowing how to cater to a man's needs. And I think a lot of times when you get that aesthetic of like, I'm a boss bitch, like I'm a this, I'm a dad, no baby, like, but you can't cook. Okay. You don't know, you don't know when to be quiet. You don't know how to allow a man to lead. Ooh. I don't know. That caused a lot of backlash on social media, saying you can't be a boss, but you don't know how to cook. You don't know when to be quiet. <laughs> I mean, it just sounded a little crazy uh, to talk about women like that. So, I mean, I, I, I get what he's saying. Like, the only difference is it works both ways. Like, we got to cater to each other. Like, I, I personally, I can do all that except the cooking. All right. If, if you're a man that knows how to cook, great. But I personally don't know how to cook. My wife is an amazing cook, and she learned that from her dad. Because he's a cook. So I thank God my wife knows how to hold it down. The one thing I do disagree with him with is the uh, if you have to wait to let someone let you lead, then maybe you're not a leader. Mm. Like, what does that mean? What does that mean when he says um, uh, a woman has to let you lead? I, I don't know. But I'm, I'm all in for roles at the crib. Like, mm -hmm. there's certain things that my wife expects me to do and there's certain things I expect her to do. That's what I'm saying. It, is, it's it goes not, both ways. It's not like, oh, she's going to do this. I'm going to. No, it's certain things like. 
you know, for instance, and to be quiet, the, the thing, I don't thing. Agree with that. Uh, the garbage. Yeah, don't tell me when. My I... wife is not taking out the garbage. I'm taking out the garbage. Yes, and and, and, and if she takes it out, I get upset. That's my <laughs> job. Say, that's my job. Don't that's take out. Don't take out my garbage. Right. That's me. All right. And you feel bad when she got to tell you to do it. You do. <laughs> you do. <laughs> when she got to tell you to you do it, to... you feel like you didn't do what you were supposed to do. Right. You had one job. Well, kind of what he's saying here is that women need to let men lead, and that I guess when that happens, women have to be more submissive and. I don't know about that one. But he also said, I'm going to tell the men to start being men. He said that sucka-ish should not be rewarded. And what he said about the bad B thing, too, I, I agree with that. Because most women who say that, they say that based off just physical appearance, superficial things. I like when people say, you know, they bad Bs for what they are doing, for what they are accomplishing, not because of how they look. You need to have more than just that. Correct. Well, you can be a, a bad B and a boss B and not know how to cook. Yeah, you can. You definitely mm-hmm. yeah, can. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you could be. Yeah. Because he said you can't say. I'm, not I'm even a, talking about that. No, you didn't no, say no I'm talking about, about what he said. said. Oh, this is what he said. Oh, okay. He yeah, said yeah, a but... woman for me is handling your own, but knowing how to cater to a man's needs. He said I'm a boss bitch. I'm a this. I'm a that. No baby, but you can't cook. You don't know when to be quiet. You don't know how to allow a man to lead. And I think there's certain times when a woman is going to lead in a situation and certain times when a man is going to lead. It's I agree. Yeah, you got to be worthy of being a leader. Like right. that person has to look at you and say, you know what? This person is worthy of being a leader. I'm going to follow this person because they're a, a, a good leader, not just because I'm saying, hey, lead. Correct. You can let any you can let anybody lead. That don't mean that they're a leader. They might lead you off a cliff. And like you said, boss bitch ain't got nothing to do with looks. No. Bad B. He said bad. Oh, bad, bad, B. bad B. Bad B. I thought he said boss B. He said B. both. He said bad oh. and he said boss. So, and you definitely can't be a boss just because of your looks. <laughs> you know, if you're a boss and you actually are in charge of something. Correct. You know what I mean? You got something to show for it. All right. Well, that is your rumor report. All right. Well, let's get to the bad bitch in the, in the room. I'm huh? glad you know for a number of different reasons. <laughs> Why you just, just grab your other, titty? I, didn't just, I did not. I rubbed my chest. Other than just my body. Okay. Okay. I am a bad B boss B. All right, for a lot of different reasons. Well, who are you giving that donkey okay. to, Boss B? Uh, Julianne Bridges. She needs to come to the front of the congregation. Let's talk diarrhea this morning. All right, All right. we'll when get you into walking that next. up the ladder and you hearing something splatter. What is that? Diarrhea. 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 <laughs> diarrhea. When you're chilling with your daughter and you feel that poo poo water. <laughs> diarrhea. <laughs> diarrhea. All right, we're going to talk about it for after the hour. Oh, man. All right, it's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Hey, it's Angela Yee. Have you taken a look at the general insurance lately? Switch to the general and you could save over $500 on your car insurance. Call 800-GENERAL or visit thegeneral.com. The General Auto Insurance Services, Inc., an insurance agency, Nashville, Tennessee. Some restrictions apply. Don't be out here acting like a donkey. Hee-haw, bitch. Hee-haw. It's time for donkey of the day. Mm-hmm. I'm a big boy. I can take it. If he feel I deserve it, ain't no big deal. I know Charlamagne guy gonna have some funny sweet say out his mouth. Just because I say something you may not agree with doesn't mean I'm mean. Who's getting that donkey? That donkey. That donk, 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 donk. Donkey of the day right there. <laughs> the, the breakfast club, bitches. You can call me the donkey of the day, but like... I mean no harm. Yes, donkey of the day for Tuesday, April 12th goes to Julianne Budge. Julianne Budge is a 47-year-old woman from Utah who was arrested in a hit-and-run accident. Sadly, the two people that she hit have transitioned. Uh, two men whose names have not been released, two brothers, died at St. George Regional Hospital after witnesses attempted life-saving measures at the scene. Sending healing energy 
to the families of those individuals and may God be pleased with their souls. Uh, situations like this will never sit right with me because I hate when people lose their life because of the carelessness and recklessness of others. Okay, I don't know when we will realize that the number one thing that keeps us safe out here on this planet is human behavior. That's it. We are all relying on each other to stay safe. And when you do things like decide to drive under the influence, it is one of the most selfish decisions you can make because you're not caring about your life so much that you decide to get behind the wheel of a car knowing you got no business driving. That is that is not just a blatant disregard for the life God gave you. It's a blatant disregard for the life of everybody else who is on the highway with you. Okay, imagine being the person who's not under the influence, got their seatbelt on, license, registration, insurance, all up to date, you driving the way you're supposed to, doing everything you're supposed to be doing, and you get in an accident. Okay, hit by some donkey who decided they just had to drink or get high before they got behind the wheel. That is what happened in this situation, except it was two bicyclists, okay? But I'm sure they had their helmets on. They were in the bike lane. I guarantee they were doing what they needed to do to keep the ecosystem safe. And here comes the rupture. That is Julie, okay? Now, Julie told authorities that she had been admitted to a hospital the previous day and had been taking fentanyl through an IV drip. She also failed a field sobriety test after the accident, and that's when police decided to lock Julie's ass up for suspicion of driving under the influence. So let's be clear. Julie arrested in a hit-and-run accident while under the influence that killed two people. That's the real story. That's what happened. We could wrap donkey of the day right here. Okay, that's it. Nothing more, nothing less. When I tell you some donkey of the days just sell themselves, trust me when I tell you this hee-haw is selling. But that ain't the only reason Julie is getting the credit she deserves for being stupid this morning. Okay, see, when Julie first got caught, that's not what she told police. Okay, of course she didn't. Not at first. She didn't say, hey, I'm under the influence. That's why I ended up hitting and running and killing two bicyclists. Nope, nope, nope. She had another excuse. And when I tell you she pulled this one out of her ass, I mean, it literally, according to her, came out of her ass. See, Julie told police that the crash happened when she began defecating on herself uncontrollably due to a medical condition. I'm not making this up. I'm looking at the headline in the NY Post. The headline reads, Utah woman blames fatal hit and run on uncontrollable defecation. Where I'm from, we call that diarrhea. Okay, good old butt mud, poo goo, poo water, that anal flavored yoo-hoo. Let's go to Fox 13 Salt Lake City for the report, please. An update tonight from Southern Utah. We're learning more about the person police say hit and killed two brothers in Washington City this weekend. Investigators say the two men were among dozens of cyclists who were in the bike lane participating in the spring tour of St. George. They were hit around two yesterday afternoon on Telegraph Street in Washington City. 47-year-old Julie Ann Budge of Hurricane told police she had a medical issue. <laughs> Mm. Mm -mm. See, Julie told police the crash happened when she began defecating uncontrollably due to a medical condition. Okay, Jesus. All right, Julie told police that she had various medical issues, including irritable bowel syndrome, and that condition made her defecate on herself without warning, which caused her to swerve into the men. She also admitted she hit the cyclist, but she presented yet another excuse when she said she couldn't get her vehicle to stop. Now, I done read a bunch of articles about this situation, listened to a bunch of different news reports. If you are going to blame this sh and run, okay, 
Man, I wish I could crush right now because according to Julie, it wasn't just a hit and run. It was a hit and run. Okay, sugar, honey, iced tea. If you're going to blame this accident on your anus having a dishonorable discharge, okay, if there is a sudden muddy playing condition going on in your drawers, then I have one question. Where is the doo-doo? Okay, I didn't see one police report that said we found biscuits and brown gravy anywhere on you. Okay, I have sharded on myself before. You've sharded on yourself before, right, Envy? I have. Yes, okay. Mm-hmm. Happened to me in Columbia, South Carolina at 803. Drop on the clues, bounce for the Metro. Happened to me right up here. Oh, it happened to you? Oh, yeah, that's when you threw your drawers in the um trash can. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. That's when they really thought some wild stuff was going on <laughs> yeah. in this building. Okay. <laughs> All right. Just let the record show, it happened to me years ago when I was leaving a Jamaican spot. And, you know, when your stomach gets to bubbling and you can feel that anal eruption starting to happen when, when that hits your pants, it startles you. But it doesn't make you drive off the road. Okay. When you're riding in a Chevy and you're feeling something heavy. All right, you know what it is. It's diarrhea. And guess what? When I turned my underwear into a fudge fountain, I've never driven so perfect in my life, okay? I don't want to swerve and look like I'm out of control when I had some jinko jeans full of chocolate coleslaw. So, Julie Budges, who did you expect to believe this? Okay, and I go back to my original point. If you tell me that doo-doo is the cause of your accident, as a police officer, I want to see the doo-doo. That is evidence, all right? Now Julie Bridges is being charged with, let me look it up, two counts of automobile homicide due to criminal negligence, two felony counts of failure to remain at an accident involving death, two counts of DUI with serious bodily injury by negligent operation, and one alleged count of it being a in run. She was also slapped with a misdemeanor charge of reckless driving and an infraction for improper lane travel. The moral, the moral of the story is, can we all start looking out for each other better? Please, please give Julie Budges the biggest hee <laughs> Two people dead just because of the negligence of one person. Human behavior, us collectively, are the only reason we're keeping each other safe. We have to make a conscious effort every day to do the right thing so we don't end up hurting somebody else. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey today. Mm-hmm. Up next. Whatever happened to them drawers that you threw away? That'd be a good NFT. I don't know. They're in the garbage. Throw them out. That was years ago, though, right? Why? Did you take them out? No, I just I know somebody found them. And they, they wrote a letter. What is wrong with you, man? <laughs> Up next <laughs> is G and Peppers, man. We're going to kick it with G and Peppers they when we come back. Yeah, what, what is wrong be, with you? They were just concerned about what may be happening up here. <laughs> I'm writing a human resource. That's what I'm about to do, man. <gasps> G and Peppers, when we come back, is The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. That's right. Gia Peppers. Hi. Hi. I love you guys. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Not too many people beating up this media game like you. Oh, wow. Wow, that means a lot coming from it's you. The truth, but though. like, I mean, you. This is the this is the media conglomerates that y'all y'all build so many things for businesses, and y'all just killing it. I love to see all of you guys. No, we truly. love to see you. Every time somebody asks me, like, who do you think would be good for this? I'm like, Gia Peppers oh, would be good. Thank <laughs> you. I love you, Yee. Thank you. 
It feels like family, so I'm happy to be here. How you feeling? I feel great. Like it's a it's 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 a weird morning in New York. The mm-hmm. weather's been really weird yeah, this week. Yeah, a little but, bit. But you know, I'm grateful to be here and be here with y'all. Like I respect all of you guys differently. I've worked with all of you guys in different capacities. Yeah. So I love that. And sometimes we feel guilty saying this, but you actually did really well during the pandemic. Yeah. And yeah. had a lot of accomplishments. Yeah, which was weird. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you feel bad, like, damn, things wasn't that you know you know what it was weird though because like when the we all know live events are a major part of our income right mm-hmm. like at the end of the day as a journalist as a host you make a lot of money doing those yeah let traveling, me pull up yeah. traveling let me, and all of my events got canceled for those two first months during the pandemic and I'm super big on faith and spirituality and I remember just surrendering because I was freaking out like I was like oh my god what's gonna like literally what am I gonna do I don't got the breakfast club like I'm not you know I didn't have a consistent we didn't know what thing we were gonna yeah, do. hello we were exactly we had to take a little cut yeah right and so <laughs> we all did remember we had to take that week off no, oh no. I'm two, weeks. Say, two weeks <laughs> <laughs> oh we did we yeah. took two weeks off you oh. had a choice. I didn't remember. I went came back because that's when George Floyd passed. Mm-hmm. Remember, I came back on there and I was by myself. Gotcha. I said, go ahead, Gia. This okay. is about you. No, but I was, I mean, because I was like, that was a good point. Like, that was bad. But yeah, so I remember just praying, being like, Lord, you open up whatever you want me to do. And literally the opportunity started to come after I just started to do, get on Instagram Live like everybody else and interview people. Like, actually interviewing people on live just kept me sane and in, in, in my craft. Mm-hmm. So that was really dope. What did you learn about yourself during, during the, pandemic? the pandemic? Yeah. One that I I trust myself. I trust who I am. I actually respect who I'm becoming. There's nothing in this in this in my career that I have been given. I earned every single spot mm-hmm. that I have ever been a part of. I started interning. My first internship was with Donnie Simpson in his last year in radio, um, in DC Morning Radio, mm-hmm. um, and like that that was ten years ago. Wow. And so like I earned it so you know that was the biggest thing for me is like I gotta stop doubting myself I have to learn what to be confident about in myself um, and so I just fell in love with who I am and I gave myself back to me like I think for so many so many of us we in- absorb people's energies and we become like reflections of who they are mm-hmm. instead of finding out who we really are and so the pandemic allowed me to just like get away Ooh, from everything say that, that was a bar now don't let, let's say that again we, because we are around so many people and energies, we end up absorbing and reflecting who they are instead of who we really are. Mm. And so what I realized was I was becoming reflections of all these people that I loved and admired, right? It wasn't bad reflections, but it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. And so when mm-hmm. I was able to sit with myself and be like, I actually don't care that much about the beef. Like, people just, it, beef yeah. is a part of the job, right? So you have to cover it. But I'm like, I really don't care. I get it. Like, it's, I I, get this it. has nothing to do with me. So, you know, yeah, I just... Because if we have to talk about Will Smith yo, and Chris Rock one more time, I think I'm going to pass out. Well, it's a bigger conversation. See, it, even when it is stuff like that, what's the bigger conversation? Right. You know what I mean? For, like, me, for me, for that, it's mental health with that. It's emotional intelligence. Men learning how to process their emotions without violence. That's a bigger conversation. Yeah, it's everybody... Like, there is no winner in that. Mm-hmm. There is no winner in that situation. It's really sad to see all four parts. So, um, yeah. But, yeah, that's the biggest thing I did. I gave myself back to me. I, I wanna you, I wanna do one of these posts that you did though, because I wanna go through these some of these. Oh, posts. oh Lord Jesus. Okay, because you did a post and you kind of listed some of the accomplishments that you had. And sometimes we gotta remind ourselves of these things. Okay. 
So Black Girl Pod did our first video series with Verizon Media. Not over it. You joined the We Are Ivy Park box game. Oh, Beyonce. Thank you, Beyonce and team. <laughs> that was when you also announced and launched the More Than That show, your first yes. podcast, which is now in its second yes. season, which yes. you're executive producing. Yes. Congrats. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you joined the Entertainment Tonight live digital team. Yes. And you did your first Grammy Awards post-show. Yes. You made three appearances. At that point, it was three. On the Today Show third hour today, covering entertainment's biggest moments and projects. You and Taylor Rooks also did some acting Taylor. as journalists on baby. Tyler Perry's The Oval on BET. Yes. And you hosted a party for Hashtag Cinderella 1997 oh, with your faves. The best party ever. And you dropped a new episode of your YouTube series, Give You the Game. Yeah. Wow. Okay. You, you did thank a lot you. Of you right in Thank it. you. And you did 90% of that from your home. Yeah. So yeah. That, that is absolutely amazing. Thank you. I, I do want to make sure we commend you on this and that everybody listening, if they, you know, don't follow you and didn't see that, yeah. that they can even understand those things during the pandemic that you accomplished that you had to stop and give yourself credit for. So I want to give you credit. Thank you. On I need platform here too because that is absolutely amazing Thank you. I told and you not too many people beating up the media game like <laughs> you mm-hmm. I pay and you thank that girl Courtney Whitaker because she's a, she used to intern here yes that's, that's my, my baby that's my sis we we the just court. we um Courtney Whitaker and I were a part of Ween shout out to Valicia Butterfield Jones and all of the founders Sabrina Thompson all of them um Valicia is now the co-president of the recording academy and just ran it up at the mm-hmm. Grammys um but you know we we came up together in this industry and that was my favorite part of like being a part of my peer group mm-hmm. like Scotty Beam, Sylvia O'Bell, Danielle Young. like So all of us came up together, especially in New York. And so um, when I had them and Ween, like, we really felt like we had community. And then Black Girl Podcast, we formed that. And so we learned really quickly early on that, like, you need each other. Yeah. We mm-hmm. need people. Yeah, you absolutely. have to have people that you can talk to in this industry. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah, that was, that's been you, great. You're one of the people I always mention and say, this, this person should have been on the radio a long time ago. But it doesn't you. seem like Radio's an interest anymore. Oh, I mean, I love radio, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it was my that's my first love. Radio, like growing up in DC, we used to live for the radio. Mm-hmm. And like every morning, my mom, we would p- play Donnie Simpson. Then in the afternoons and evenings, it would be Big Tigger, DJ Flex and Rain. Like it was such a thing for us. And so um, when I was able to get into radio, that was where I affirmed that I could do this. Mm-hmm. Donnie Simpson was, is literal joy. Like it's, if there's certain people that you meet and you're just like, I think, I don't think you're human. Like, you're just so nice. <laughs> you're like, you're literal joy. And he used to, one of my favorite things was he was like 50 something when I met him and had been the original VJ. Like, mm-hmm. first of all, all journalists, if you know who Donnie Simpson is, yep. you must do your craft work. Like, do Donnie, yeah, do he is the original VJ, the original green-eyed soul person. Like, he's <laughs> he's always been this guy that I lo- loved. And in that time, the industry was very much reflective of making the band. Like, if you, if you wasn't about to kill the other person next to you and walk across the bridge to get some cheesecake, <laughs> you was never going to make it in this industry. And I was like, I... I just, I like people. Like, I don't want to have to harm anyone mm-hmm. to get to the top. And Donnie affirmed that I could be a kind human being. Like, no matter what, mm-hmm. it, it didn't matter if it was Jill Scott or the janitor. Everybody who came into his studio when he was there left feeling better. Right. And so that affirmed that I could do it too. Like, I was like, oh, I want to do that. I want to make sure that if I'm seeing people, I see people. Mm-hmm. Like, I see you. Like, you matter to me. Mm-hmm. And that, um, psh, with so many suicides and so many things happening, that is even more important to That's me right. now. 
So yeah, that's that. that my first love is radio, but always into television. I want to create more projects. Mm-hmm. I have so many show ideas that I believe now. Now is the time for me to actually just kind of step into my in my own yes. um, and create more storytelling. But yeah, I I love all forms of media. I don't mm-hmm. think we have to do radio. I think radio was a dream because that was it. It was either radio or TV. All right, well, don't move. We got more with G and Peppers when we come back. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Gia Peppers. Yee. Gia, what about obstacles that you've had? Oh, my gosh. You, do we have time? Because <laughs> we also know yeah. being in this business, being a woman, being a black woman yeah. can be a lot more difficult. So what were some of the things that you went through I that think you had to overcome? The biggest thing I think that I went through was real. I remember, so watching Genius mm-hmm. was so beautiful to me. Shout out to Chike and Kudi and, and Kanye. Um, as as complicated as I, the feelings I have about Kanye are very com- complicated. But what I really loved to watch in that documentary was like that hustle of going into offices every day and trying to get people to see you because that was me. Like I, my first few breaks on TV was just on on hosting in general was just me going into offices and me like, no, I promise you, I'm gonna kill it. Like, I promise you I'm going to kill it. And people being like, you should probably go into lo- local news. You're a really nice girl. Mm-hmm. You can do great in Milwaukee. And I'm like, I'm not going to Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. I live in New York. So y'all go give me a chance to show you or not. And so for me, it was always just trying to prove that that I could do it. And then finally believing it myself. I was so used to struggling that when things started to finally happen, I couldn't believe it. Like, I was sabotaging it for myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd be like... Oh, uh, it's not really that big of a deal. It's just not that deep. You, weren't worthy. you didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel worthy of it mm-hmm. because I'm so used to grasping for it. When mm-hmm. I finally got it, that's a whole different type of lifestyle and mindset you had to have. And so for me, it was grasping that. But then also being paid less mm-hmm. than men in this industry is still a real thing. And it's yeah. a thing across all industries, especially for black women. We all know the gender pay gap is super real. But for black women, I think we made like 20 cents on the dollar compared to like white men. Um, and don't quote me on that. I'm going to research that. But I know it's a, it's a, there's a major gap. And so for me, um, standing up for myself and negotiating what I really need has been one of the hardest things because we all know it's a relationship to a relationship, opportunity to opportunity industry. Mm-hmm. So just because you do it in one place doesn't mean they, they get you in another place. Right? That's right. So for me, I've always been like, all right, I, the rate is the rate. Mm-hmm. If it's an opportunity that I really love, well, sometimes well, we can do something with it. But I'm trying to be real about me being a businesswoman and me understanding that. And so for me, the biggest struggles were there. And then like self-worth, like understanding that I am enough. What right. I say matters. Mm-hmm. My story matters. I didn't grow up like everybody else, but that doesn't mean that I have to be anybody else. Um, and, and understanding that like not not being afraid of light and being happy and being good and, 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 and being a person who like likes to be integral. Like, I don't care. Everybody can keep it. It's a lot of shade out here. The shade room is great for what they do. <laughs> I don't follow them. I can't do it no more. But I think that, like, there also needs to be platforms that are just as powerful that Positive, do the absolutely. opposite of that, right? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be, quote, unquote, corny. You can still tell a great story, but what are what are we giving people at the end of that? Mm-hmm. What, what are they walking away with? And so yeah. that's what I'm really focused on doing. I see daytime talk in gears future. Thank you. It's you know? Gia. Yeah. 
What I say? Gia. Yeah. That's yeah. Evie's wife. They do, do that. that. They do. My Gia. friends were I'm like, sorry, I'm Gia. so surprised you never went up there because they, they're always <laughs> correcting your name. They're always saying, isn't it Gia? And you, it's yeah. always Gia. Like, no, it's Gia. It's Gia. But you but couldn't tell me I didn't nail it just now. You did. After you did, years, yeah. I didn't. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. He's so smooth. And Gia, when you get there. Don't worry, Gia. Don't worry, Gia. I see Yeah, thank you. Thank you, guys. Because it's not a name. It's not a, every time, your name is always mentioned in every TV room when it comes to any Thank you. Talking anything. Thank Talk you. shows all the time. Thank you. Somebody hire me. <laughs> Give me the job. I Yvonne it. said that when she was up here. Yvonne too. did too. Yeah. Shout out to Yvonne Orgy. That's yeah. my sister. I love her so much. She's in, she's another person that can do no wrong and do everything right. But thank you guys so much for having me. Everybody, please turn, tune into I love more that than she's that. She's closing us out. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, everyone. What's her name? Show me. Gia Pepper. There thank you. you. More Pepper. than that. Thank it's you guys. The Breakfast Club. Good morning. <laughs> the Breakfast Club. It's about time. What's going on? Rumor Report. Rumor Report. This is the Rumor Report. Talk to him. With Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, Rihanna is on the cover of Vogue magazine. And the article, Oh Baby, Rihanna's Plus One. So it's a great shoot. If you guys have a chance to go and take a look at it, you can uh, actually look at it online right now. The whole entire article is out. Um... And she talks about the Internet having all types of thoughts like how dare she be this naked and this pregnant. But the vast majority of people greeted the moment with a collective cheer. Here was a beautiful woman at her most abundant, sexy and strong, delighting in the creative play of getting dressed. So she also talks about her pregnancy Um, in this article. She talks about getting really close with ASAP Rocky during the pandemic. She said that he became her family during that time, and she feels like she can do any part of life by his side. She also talked about how it it took some time to get over how well they knew each other in a friend capacity. So sometimes somebody is friend-zoned, and then you don't look at them in that way. Mm -hmm. But they did manage to get through that clearly. So congratulations to the two of them. That's interesting, though, because the best relationships start from friendships. Like, your your significant other should be your best friend, right? But Absolutely. sometimes you feel like, I don't know if I want to ruin this friendship in case things don't work out. If y'all are really, really tight and you find yourself attracted to somebody and then you take those things into consideration. So she said it did take some time to get over that. Well, when it works, you're elevating the friendship, actually. Mm-hmm. Taking it to... And she also that said that she recalled thinking to herself there was no way she would be shopping in maternity section. She said, I'm sorry. It's too much fun to get dressed up. I'm not going to let that part disappear because my body is changing. And she said her goal is, in her words, to redefine what's considered decent for pregnant women. So there you go. All right. Now, WNBA's uh, Kathy Engelbert, the commissioner, is talking about Brittany Griner. They kicked off Monday's WNBA draft with an update on Brittany Griner, and she does remain imprisoned in a Russian jail. Here's what the commissioner had to say. Before we get into tonight's events, I want to take a moment to reiterate the WNBA support for Phoenix Mercury star Brittany Griner. Please know that getting her home safely continues to be our top priority. And while we are facing an extraordinarily complex challenge, there is strength in community, especially the WNBA. She said, I know we're all frustrated, but we do need to be patient. I know the players have been amazing at following the advice that they're getting and we're getting in order to not jeopardize her safety in any way. So we just continue to follow that advice and continue to work on it. 
All right. So prayers out to Brittany Griner. I know they said she is safe, mm -hmm. fortunately, and I know it's a crazy situation. She's been detained since February after allegedly being found with cartridges containing um, hash during an airport security check in Moscow. And I, I do wonder if more noise isn't being made about this situation because they don't, you know, for lack of a better term, don't want her to seem so important because then she'd be a, a bigger political piece for Russia. I heard somebody say that before. That's why they have been telling people not to make too much noise about it. Well, the commissioner mm. said they are following the advice that they're getting to not jeopardize her safety in any way. So I'm sure mm -hmm. the reason why is because they're being told what to say, what not to say, and what to do. So we're praying for her safe return, though. Mm -hmm. All right, Tory Lane says that he was not talking about Megan Thee Stallion and the shooting on his new song, Mucky James. He said, I see all these blacks trying to connect the two, and honestly, I have more sense than that. I would not play with the court order or the judge like that. Please stop that narrative. So those are his words. All right. Larry David has confirmed a new season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, season 12. He confirmed that Sunday night at an Emmys event that was presented by HBO Max. They had a screening of season 11 episode, The Watermelon, as well as a live panel discussion. And so there's no further details on season 12. But y'all know I love Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's 11 seasons they've had so far, spread out over 21 years. I never got into it. I never I never watched Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's hilarious. You could watch it on the plane. They show a lot of episodes. I'll check it out next flight. When you're flying, but it's really, really funny. J.B. Smooth's on there, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Vivica Fox is on there for a while. Wanda Sykes is on there. Um, you don't. You didn't ever watch Seinfeld either? No. All right, well, you know, he created Seinfeld, mm -hmm. Larry David. All right, Rick Ross has revealed that he's filming his own TV show, and it will be about wealth. Here's what he had to say. And the perfect time is now. You hear me? So what I'm going to do is go ahead, I'm going to do me a show. The time now. It's going to be about wealth based on success. We actually filming right now, but I hope you're all ready for it because I'm going to talk some big numbers. Big numbers. It's the nine-figure club. You figure? Ladies, blow me a kiss. Make love to me in the metaverse. <laughs> now, what, 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 when, when you say you're making a show about wealth, what is that? Is that he's going to teach people how to make money or show them how he's making money? Because nobody just wants to see a show about wealth in 2022 when gas prices are at an all-time high. I thought it was he was highlighting people that are doing well from the community that are making money. That's what I thought. I could be wrong. Well, they haven't given much information. It's unclear if he's going to be on camera or he'll be behind the scenes. But... You know, some way, somehow, he's going to be talking about wealth. Let's just maybe it'll be entrepreneurship. Maybe it'll be. I hope so. I know, hope it's educational. Knows? Yeah, because nobody wants to see any lifestyles of the rich and famous type stuff going on right now, when the the, the gap between the haves and the have-nots is so wide. But with his business ventures, with his music, with his investments, he's got a reported net worth of $40 million to date. Oh, Ross doing great. Mm -hmm. So maybe some people want to see how can they put themselves in position or what are some ways that he's done what he's managed to do with his portfolio. Because it's not all just for music, clearly. Yeah, as I said, it's got to be it's got to be educational. Yeah, I, I think for Ross, I think the majority of it is outside of music, whether it's Checkers, Wingstop, or Liquor Brand, or, or all the other restaurants. And it's soon to be car shows. You know you're gonna take, he's going to take the car show game over. Like, there's going to be no car show in the country that's going to be big as Rick Ross' car show. We do know this, right? No, it's not going to happen. You know he's going to absolutely take the car show. Game I feel like he came at you over. for that. No, nah, I mean, he got his own lane. He got his own lane for uh -oh. for his car people, and I got my own lane. He has every lane. Two different lanes. Oh, you do car shows? 
Yes. Oh yeah, yeah I do, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, you know, yeah, we yeah, sold out yeah. last time Atlanta. We had about seventeen thousand oh, yeah, people. Yeah, you know, the yeah, one in Atlantic yeah, City yeah, we had about yeah, fifteen thousand yeah. people. You doing the one in Houston? Yeah, I'm doing one in Houston. You know, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. be over ten thousand people. You know, yeah. then we got Miami, it's the Detroit. Houston versus New York. Yeah, mm-hmm. we about to get New York embarrassed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm gonna pull up in Ross's too. He's been talking crazy, so I'm gonna pull up on his. Don't, 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 don't. I don't know about that. Don't, don't embarrass yourself. I'm pulling up to Ross's car show too. Why not? All right. Well, that is your rumor report. All right. And don't forget my Houston car show is happening June 19th, <laughs> Father's Day weekend. It's it's Houston versus New York. Shout to Trader Truth. Shout to Slim Thug. Shout to Paul Wall. Shout to uh, Bun B. Uh, Jay Prince. So Mr. Question, Rogers. If you lose this versus, right, mm-hmm. which you will, do you challenge Miami next? Because you can't challenge it. Whoever wins is get who gets the challenge. So do you, once New York loses, do you just sponsor the next one, Houston versus Miami? No, I was just doing my car shows, and then Trade the Truth started talking smack. So I oh, said, oh, okay, so we okay, can do okay. that. I just want to do my car shows and make family thing. But when people you. talk smack, I don't back down to nobody. So if Ross calls challenge. You know, I'm there. True. I'm there. Who has more cars, you or Rick Ross? Who's got Personally. more Beijing in their bid, you or Ross? Ross on both of them. <laughs> <laughs> Ross got Ross. Now, now, don't get it twisted. I think in the industry, Ross has the most amount of cars. I think Ross got about. <laughs> I thought you about to say the most amount of Beijing. <laughs> <laughs> they got the most amount of cars. I think Ross got about 200 cars. Drop on the clues, boss, for Ross, man. Ross ain't playing. Man. He got about 200 cars. Ross is not playing out here. Mm-mm. All right. Well, let's get to the mix. The People's Choice Mix 800 585 1051. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. If you're a true music lover, you live for that connection with your favorite music and artists. Now, thanks to One Of and the NFT revolution, that connection is about to get much deeper. Learn more about One Of, the new green NFT platform built for the music community at oneof.com. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, shout to uh, Resma Minikin for joining us this morning. Salute to my guy, Resma Minikin, man. His new book, uh, the Quaking of America is out right now. Um, he's a fantastic author. I, I recommend my grandmother's hands to everybody. If you remember, I was giving away, you know, copies of my grandmother's hands here on the radio. I think it's must reading, must reading for everybody. And um, I'm sure Quaking of America will be more of the same. I just love to hear Resma, Resma talk. And re- one thing about Resma's books, their experiences. You ain't gonna just read Resma's book because Resma has exercises after every chapter that you have to do physical exercises. And it's 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 a it's an experience. So salute to my guy Resmo Minicum. Yep, and he's gonna be at Angela Yee's uh, coffee shop today, right, Yee? Yes, Coffee Uplifts People will be there tonight. He'll be signing his books. You have an opportunity to get a copy, um, and meet Resmo Minicum and have a conversation. We'll be uh, discussing the quaking of America. All right, and also shout to Gia Peppers for joining us this morning. Big Gia! Yes, my girl Gia Pepper. She got a lot going on. Amazing to see how she's evolved as a media personality. Anytime somebody needs something, I'm like, Gia Peppers would be good for that. Yeah, Gia's one of the best doing it right now. Salute to young Gia Peppers. Absolutely. And then when we come back, positive notice to Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. I got seven days left. Me and the wife's book, Real Life, Real Love, comes out. Yesterday, we did 14 interviews. I want to say shout out to everybody that uh, that interviewed us yesterday. We got a, a bunch more, and we're hitting the road. So if you haven't pre-ordered the book, definitely pre-order the book. It's all about relationships. Hopefully, it if you're having problems in your relationships, it can help you to tell you things to do and then things not to do that I've did but I evolved. Well, I Things cannot wait to have this solo. Like, but. Yeah, I can't wait to have this solo sit down said. with Gia. 
on lip service. That'll be out next week, oh, and um, we'll be talking to her this week. And I know she likes to to drink a little Bailey's. <laughs> oh boy. Yep. All right. Well, you got a positive note. Oh, I do have a positive note, man, and I want you to listen and hear me clearly. I don't know who needs to hear this this morning, but whatever you're going through, it's your fault. Okay. Accountability is the acceptance of responsibility for one's own actions. All right. Everything happens for a reason. And sometimes that reason is that you're a person who just makes poor choices. Breakfast club, bitches. Y'all finished or y'all done?